Hey guys, so what you're about to hear is the audio of a YouTube video I put up. I can post the link in the description if you want to watch it. Uh, but I don't think you really need the video to listen to it. You know, it might help, but you should be able to follow along. The video is really just a shitty PowerPoint presentation anyway, so you're not exactly missing much uh, if you don't watch it. But uh, in any case, here you go. Hello, my name is Dan Hansen, and today we're going to ask the question, what is money. Now, you may be thinking, Dan, I already know what money is, uh, and I'm going to say I doubt it. Okay, It's kind of like if I were to ask a pigeon what birdseed is. The pigeon would probably say, oh, birdseed is food. You eat it. It's delicious. Uh, but that's actually only half the story. If I were to ask the guy who trains the pigeons what birdseed is, he would say, oh, well, you use birdseed to get the bird to do what you want the bird to do. And it's the exact same thing with money. So let's look at some definitions of money here. Uh, it's a medium of exchange in the form of coins and banknotes. Um, you can use it as payments for goods and services, repayment of debt, uh, taxes, etc., etc. These definitions, they're not wrong. They're just incomplete. They're just the peasant's perspective. A peasant looks at money and thinks, oh my god, look at all this shit I can buy. I can buy a bigger screen, a TV, I can buy a faster car, I can buy a bigger house, I can buy all this stuff. Okay, That's how a peasant thinks. But the wealthy, they look at money entirely differently. They look at money as, well, money is power. They think, and I don't just mean political influence, I mean getting other people to do what you want them to do so you yourself can do what you want to do. I understand that's a little bit confusing. I'm going to repeat it. Money is about getting other people to do the work for you so you don't have to do what you don't want to do and you get to stick to doing what you do want to do. Okay, it used to be if you wanted people to you know, build your pyramid or pick your cotton or whatever, you had to have slaves. And we used to measure people's wealth by how many other human beings they owned. Okay, well, thankfully, we've evolved since then. And if you want to get other people to do what you want them to do, now you have to pay them in the form of, uh, you know, employment. So we've evolved from slavery, serfdom, and the current iteration of the peasantry uh, is the employee. And I want to explore this relationship between the peasants and the ruling class in a little bit more detail. So uh, get ready for my, uh, you're about to witness my incredible artistic ability. There she blows. So this is you, and you are a peasant, and this here is a member of the ruling class. Now, this is where my girlfriend says, um, it sounds like you're telling the audience that they're peasants. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because they are. And she's like, no, no, well, you might want to take the edge off that a bit, maybe uh, workshop it a tad. And so here's my attempt to taking the edge off uh, you being a peasant. Um, you are a peasant, but so am I. Most people are by definition. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, I'm not a peasant. I, you know, I make good money. I got a big house. I got a few million dollars saved up. So, okay. It's not so much about money. It's about power. So, for example, and this is just hypothetical, let's say you, uh, you have too much to drink 
and you hop in the car with your girlfriend, and you go for a little ride, and you end up crashing into a ravine, and you end up leaving her for dead to drown, and you leave the scene of the crime, and you don't call the police until the next day long after she's dead. Okay, in this hypothetical situation. Okay, what's going to happen? Is the police chief going to call you up, you know, kind of apologetically, just being like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Kennedy, you know, assuming your name is, is Kennedy. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Ted Kennedy, but would you mind coming down to the station and we got a few questions, maybe we can clear up this whole misunderstanding. Does that happen? Or does a SWAT team show up in the middle of the night and shoot your fucking dog? A la lapel show. Okay, so there you go. That's me taking the edge off. Hopefully I've disavowed any delusions you had about not being a peasant. And if you still think you're not a peasant, well, go on living your life however you want. I don't give a fuck. But anyway, so let's explore the relationship between uh, a peasant and and the wealthy. And you can call them, you know, the 99% versus the 1% or the haves, the have-nots, the proletariats versus the bourgeois. In every society, they have a different name. But there's always two classes, the middle class it's just a buffer, you know? It's just like the middle class is used to keep the lower class in line. It's like a smokescreen, you know? So you can be like, well, at least I'm not poor, you know? It could be worse, you know? Anyway, let's, uh, let's keep going. So uh, you have the peasants and you have the wealthy. And when you have a job, uh, you know, this is what you do. You trade in your time for money, okay? Um, and you, what do you do with that money? Well, you trade it for goods and services, Right, and we can simplify this little diagram here. So you're really just trading in your time for goods. That's how you see the employment relationship. This is your life. You know, I always said like if aliens came down to this planet, they'd be so confused because they'd see people working really hard to fill the oceans with garbage. They'd be like, "That's so weird." Like they dig deep into the ground to pull shit out. And they, they, you know, they turn into little trinkets and they wrap it in all this, like, in, in this junk. And then they, they, they work really hard so they can take these little trinkets and then just throw them out and throw them in the ocean. Like, no species works as hard as we do at just throwing shit in the ocean. I, I'm kind of perplexed by that. I'm, I'm guilty of it, too. I'm not trying to act like I'm not. I buy shit I don't need all the time. But anyway, so this is what you do. You trade in your time for a bunch of shit you don't need. That's how the peasants think of it. That's how we think of it. But the wealthy, they look at it and they go, okay, well, I'm going to pay this peasant money and then profit off his labor and make even more money. Essentially investing, right? And so you hear a lot about wealth inequality, you know? But the thing about wealth inequality is it is inevitable if... Wealth inequality is inevitable if you have two classes of people. And if the one class is using most, actually more than most, uh, all, in, in many cases with credit card debt, more than all of their income on goods and services, and the other class is using their income to buy up the productive assets that produce those goods and services, i.e. profitable businesses, then of course, over time, there's only one mathematical result that makes any sense, and that is profit, and that is wealth inequality. When you so like on the news, it'll say, "Oh, the wealth gap went up 20% last year." Well, yeah, because the stock market went up 20%. Actually, went up more of it. This is an example uh, because the wealthy own the stock market, and the poor go to work for these for these companies. So, what I'm trying to get through to you is. Don't think of your money as just, oh, I can buy like a new pair of shoes and I can buy a jacket I'm going to wear once and then fucking forget about. Like, think of your money as 
hey, I'm going to use this to buy productive assets so you can build passive income. Now, that's really what it is. And this next slide. So peasants work for their money, and the ruling class have peasants work for them, i.e. passive income. One second, I'm going to take a drink of water. All this, all this ranting is making me thirsty. Okay, so passive income is the name of the game. Uh, I like to use an analogy I call building the robot. And I actually got it from a Calvin and Hobbes comic strip. You can pause it if you want to read the whole thing. But essentially, uh, Calvin's mom wants him to make the bed. And Calvin's like, I'm just going to invent a robot that'll make the bed for us. And Hobbes goes, won't inventing a robot be more work than making the bed? And Calvin replies, it's only work if somebody makes you do it. Uh, which is, of course, true. So uh, I want you to get in the mindset of building a robot. So here, look, here you go. Here's you. Let's say you make 50 grand a year. You're already used to buying robots to, you know, do your dishes or wash your clothes or vacuum your carpet, for example. Think of buying a robot that will go to work for you and supplant your income. So, and then you can use the profits from that robot to buy more profits. Or not more, oh yeah, to buy more profits, but to buy more robots is what I meant to say. Now the wealthy, they're just born into this world with a bunch of robots. Okay, you actually have to work for your robots. Um, and look, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. So here, let's let's throw some math at you. Uh, whenever you deal with math, it's always fucking death because no one understands math. You know, there's always the kid in the back of the class like, what am I going to have to use this? Like, I don't know, Billy. Why don't you just get a job with your name on your shirt and vote for Bernie Sanders if that's easier for you than learning fucking uh, exponential growth. But assuming, uh, you know, you paid attention in math class, here we go. Here are the assumptions. So let's say your salary is 50 grand. Let's say you have zero savings, zero debt. Let's say every year you're going to save 20% of your income, so 10 grand in this case, and you're going to invest it. You're going to add it to your, uh, your savings, your brokerage account, whatever you want to call it. And then for your investment return, I have 7% here. Uh, the idea behind it's not like a hard and fast number. It's, it is kind of a quick and fast number, though. Anyway, uh, 10% is the historical average of the S&P 500. So I'm just backing out inflation. I'm trying to make all these numbers real. So like your salary stays at 50. You're never going to get a raise. These numbers you see on the right-hand column are, are in today's dollars, just to simplify the math for this example. So anyway, uh, you'll see it takes you over 30 years to get to a point where you can build a robot to supplant your income. And I'm not saying supplement your income, I'm saying supplant your income. To You can just replace yourself in the workforce by, by retiring, I suppose. Um, and where I get this number from is you know, like 4%. So you take 4% out of a million, that's 40 grand, which is what your costs were, because you had 50 grand, 10 of it went to savings, 40 of it went to cost, supposedly. So it takes you about a million dollars to buy the robot, so to speak, to have that passive income we don't have to work. Some people are in a better situation where, let's say, their salary is $100,000. let us say they have half a million saved up. The rest of the assumptions are the same. And look, and at this point, I would just say, like, what are you, what are you still working for? You know, like, how good of a robot, so to speak, do you need? Um, and I don't mean, like, you have to retire, I just mean, is there something else you want to do? Maybe you want to travel more. Like, read the book Four Hour Work Week. You know, retirement doesn't have to be something that happens when you're 67. You can retire in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. Like, I'm fucking retired. 
Okay. It doesn't mean I don't work. It's just, I don't work very hard. Okay. I do what I want to do. I have financial freedom. I have fuck you money. Okay. And I don't even, I'm not even rich. It's just, I don't buy a ton of shit I don't need. Cause at the end of the day, what I want is time. I want to be able to read a book. I want to be able to hang out with my friends and family, explore my hobbies. I want that freedom. That means more to me than a car that doesn't do the drastic shake every fucking time I get at a stoplight. The freedom means more to me than uh, than that. Anyway, uh, uh, let's see. Where was I? So some people are in this situation. I would just say, like, what are you working for? Like, what are your goals as far as your life goes? And at what point are you going to meet them? And are you just... Are you just on the fucking treadmill? You don't even realize it because you're just so in, ingrained with this mentality. Just work till you fucking die, which is just bred into us from the time we're little. So let's move on. Oh, and then you got uh, people with this scenario where they have zero salary. They have $400 saved up from working part time at the Taco Bell drive through over the summer. Uh, they got no debt, let's just say. Uh, their savings is going to be 0% a year because they're not going to have a salary. And then this is their dream where they're going to make 200, pardon me, and 50% a year. And they do naive math like, well, if I do 1% a day times 250 trading days in a year, and I'm sure most of them don't even get to that second step, uh, you know, they'll be a millionaire by the time they're 30, right? Okay, well, this is a very common mentality. It's a very peasant mentality. It's very it's very naive. It's 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 pathetic. It's, you know, it's of course the Wall Street bets mentality. It's it's this it's like this buy a bag of beans mentality. That's how you get rich. And it always involves gambling if you didn't notice. It's always like if I could just win on the slot machine, if I could just win the lottery, I'd be rich. And again, it's 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 such a peasant mentality to think like that's how you get rich. No, you get rich through, I mean, you could make your own business. I'm not trying to poo-poo that idea. But for most people, it's going to be by saving and investing over a long period of time and just not making stupid decisions, which, you know, option trading, gambling, lottery tickets, those are all stupid financial decisions. I remember when I was a kid, uh, my dad told me that um, most people that win the lottery end up going bankrupt. And that really surprised me as a kid because I thought, how can people with a lot of money end up without a lot of money? You know, it seems counterintuitive. But if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. It's like if you had a, a shitty mother, okay, well, if she's a shitty mother with one kid, is she somehow going to be a better mother if she has 10 kids? No, she'd just be a, a worse mother, if anything. So if someone is shitty with their money when they don't have a lot and every dollar is really important, then of course they're going to be shitty with their money when they have a shitload of it. The mistake's just going to be bigger. Uh, what's next here? Okay, so so going back to this. So the point of that uh, side spiel is when you're looking at the inputs here, salary, savings, debt, saving percent, investment return, I wouldn't try to fuck around too much with that last one. That investment return, like, just, just kind of be happy with what you get. Kind of be happy with the market average. Like, even at what seems like a pitiful return, like, oh, it's only 7%. That's going to do very well over time. I mean, look at these numbers on the right. If you want to get to your goal quicker, like let's say you want to get to a million dollars to build your robot, for example. If you want to get to that quicker, worry about the other inputs. Increase your salary. Maybe go back to school. Maybe ask for a raise. Maybe you uh, work a second job. You know, whatever. Uh, you know, build up your savings. Pay down your debt. Uh, 
you know, spend less than you make. If instead of saving 20%, try saving 30% if you want to meet your goal quicker and, you know, play with the math and see how long it's going to take you. And I realize it's going to take you a while for most people, but it's better to work for something. It's better when there's light at the end of the tunnel than just working to work, working to just buy a bunch of shit. So next time you move, you're like, oh my God, I even know I fucking own this thing. Why did I even ever buy it? Why did I ever spend good money after this piece of shit? Why am I just this this peasant just working to throw shit in the ocean? Uh, so I think it's better to kind of have a goal and to work towards it and to be working uh, for a reason. So uh, what is money? Well, the truth of the matter is you can exchange money for almost anything. So what are you going to exchange it for? Are you going to exchange it for birdseed? Okay, you can exchange it for a bigger TV and a faster car and a hotter wife. Or are you going to exchange it for the robot, the the passive income, the financial freedom, the fuck you money to do what you want with this life? So anyway, thank you very much. Uh, This has been Dan Hansen, and uh, that's really it. Bye-bye.